So models, when they're giving you links saying, bring your people, bring your people, you need us, they need you as a traffic source more than you ever needed them. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Jesse Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at sapiotextual and at jessiesage.com. And I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. Just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast on Apple, please leave us a five-star rating and review because it really helps us to grow as a podcast and better share information from our guests to the sex work community as a whole. Last but not least, if you want to support the podcast, please go to anchor.fm forward slash horizon spelled W-H-O-R-I-Z-O-N to become a premium subscriber of On the Horizon, which unlocks two bonus episodes on the 8th and 22nd of each month with tons of extra exclusive footage from ourselves and our guests. This episode of On the Horizon is sponsored by DMCA Force. DMCA Force is the authorized DMC agent for the largest online creators and the platforms that they monetize. DMCA Force protects models, musicians, writers, videographers, artists, and tons of other creatives publishing their works online. With DMCA Force, you get 24-7 automated monitoring, flagging, and removal of stolen and pirated content. They use metadata and keywords relating to your work in collaboration with search engines to remove even the 10 to 15% of content on ghost sites that can't typically be scrubbed from the internet. They even offer the ability to fingerprint content and digitally watermark it as an added layer of security to protect the art you work so hard creating. Join DMCA Force today. All right. Uh, welcome back. Episode season two, episode, episode five, five entrepreneurship, right. business, and marketing. This episode's made for me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Something I know stuff about. Yeah, she they were like throwing her the guest and Mel were like throwing around acronym acronym acronyms. Acronyms. I'm so tired. We've been ta- taping for two solid days. But, yes, yes. Um, like nobody's business. And I was like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Talking what about tell, tell, say the acronyms. Oh, uh, we, we were use? talking about KPIs. Okay, uh, I still don't I remember what that, that is. Up, but Key performance. performance indicators. Okay. Nailed it. Yes. It. So this was yeah. really exciting because we have on Nikki Knight, who is an entrepreneur, a sex educator, and also like cam coach, which is really mm-hmm. unique. We have Noah Bunzi, who is a cam girl. And that's actually how I came into contact with Noah. Yeah. Who um, runs the YouTube uh, yes. um, um, cam Secret girl. Life of a Cam Girl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, we brought on Laura Savage, which this was a really cool, uh, you know, intersection for me personally, who teaches the girlfriend experience. Yeah, she teaches um, coaching classes to full service workers. Yes. And I took Laura's class and I had to bring her on because I can't tell you how much I learned in that class about just running a business, advertising, marketing. Like she would say things like that I had never heard in my life. Like everybody's complaining about ad sites. And she's like, you need to be spending 10% of your income on advertising. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I am not spending enough money on advertising. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, I need to think about that. So, you know, there, there's a lot of like, she 
gives business tips along mm-hmm. with like how to do your job, but not just your job, but oh, it's all the behind the scenes stuff. Like, mm-hmm. what does your advertising look like? What does your branding look like? What does your marketing look like? What, how are you going to, uh, what does your social media look like? Yeah, how is that representing your branding? Absolutely. So, and they draw a lot of parallels from the sex work business world that completely and utterly transfer into the mainstream business world and just the role of entrepreneurship. So this is a really a good one for me. I loved the last episode. I really love this episode because uh, it's a, a language I'm fluent in. So I, I feel like I can actually contribute yeah. <laughs> to this one. And it's not one I'm fluent in. So I appreciate it because I'm like, wow. <laughs> yes. You don't know. I, don't, don't I couldn't know. even remember the word acronym, much less. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long two days, guys. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. This is a phenomenal one. And I think that everyone that listens is going to walk away with something different and something they can literally put into practice today to make their business t- better tomorrow. So yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what sex workers can teach you about entrepreneurship, business, and marketing. Nikki Knight is a cam coach who helps models develop their shows, marketing, and on-camera presence so that they can make more money. As a website builder, she creates beautiful spaces that models can call their home. Welcome, Nikki Knight. (laughs) Excited to have you on On the Horizon. Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm super excited. As I was telling you guys are listening now, but I was telling the ladies I put on the longest sex worker red claw nails as a sign of respect for the show because <laughs> I love these ladies. So we I love that. We both had our nails yes, done too. We we did. <sighs> See? Show, so. Classy hand jobs all around. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for some of our listeners who maybe are a little less familiar with you, can you introduce yourself? Of course. So my name is Nikki Knight and I've been in the industry for about 10 years. I started as a webcam model myself, and then I ended up moving to getting a wonderful opportunity to become a cam coach. I worked at head office of cam four for six years Mm. being a coach. um, I worked most recently for VX pages building websites. So I'm a baby nerd now. Uh, And now, (laughs) yeah, I just say from bedsheets to spreadsheets. That's my path. That's me. Yes. From bedsheets to spreadsheets. That's That's good. I would rather somebody else do spreadsheets, but (laughs) I hate spreadsheets, but I will do it in the name money. of the, for yes <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> for money i'll do a lot of things for money <laughs> oh, truth comes out oh man so okay with your coaching business because we're like i was telling you before we hit record you know this season is all about what sex workers can teach non-sex workers and kind of the skills that we've acquired through our work what are like things, especially coming from a cam background, because that's where I came from as well, like that really stand out to you about your experience getting into sex work or camming that are skill sets that can take you anywhere, even outside of sex work? To spreadsheets. One, How'd you get there? <laughs> 110%. Like every single thing that you're doing is absolutely a business development skill that you're learning, whether it's video editing, whether Mm -hmm. it's speaking in a certain tone or voice to your fans, whether it's making promos, making deals. Mm -hmm. It's almost like running your own little business. And even when I was a makeup artist, I know this is such a random thing to compare it to, but at a makeup counter, my boss at the time told me, this is a tiny little store. This is its Mm -hmm. own company. It's its own business. You have to run it like that. So the same thing for you, even the silliest things of when you have a contest, 
making sure that the prize doesn't cost more than the effort put in to run the contest? Mm -hmm. Are you putting yourself out for nothing? Like, are you spinning your wheels? It's things like that, that if we don't pay attention because everyone calls this job like, oh, it's so fun. You just suck D and it's great. Yeah, I suck D (laughs) and it is great, but it's also a lot of work. So the skills that you learn are amazing. Um, Just unbelievable e-commerce skills that you can absolutely take anywhere. Marketing, creating design, just editing so many things. Being a badass. Yeah. That's what you learn. (laughs) Because we have to have so many different hats on. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that's what really drew me to sex work is like, I've always had this entrepreneurial like DNA, like at the core in my blood. I started my first business at 11. Like I had a pet sitting business that I drove into the ground, did everything wrong. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to need, I'm going to need you to back up on that one. <laughs> at, a, at 11, you, you drove a pet sitting business, what into yes. the ground? Yeah. That's, that's the short of it. But basically like one summer. That's I wanted, hilarious. It is. Yeah. That's hilarious. And like, I think, and after, after that, you know, failure. Um, I got into get into pageants because like I was drawn to that and which was also a, a fucking nightmare. Mm-hmm. But having to like raise money and get sponsorships because I couldn't afford to enter the pageant myself. Like we didn't come from that kind of structure at home. So like that's an going, insane skill to learn. Exactly. Ra- raising that's money, an insane you know? skill. Yeah. Ra- these entrepreneurial things that kind of are baked into the art of sex work in whatever niche or lane that you're in like and we had this conversation I feel earlier like too. I totally respect that about you I feel like I don't think I had that entre- entrepreneurial thing I think I had the like kind of neurodivergent like I can't go to a job like mm. I can't go like, yeah. it was like coming from the opposite thing like I gotta make this work because like the idea of like being at a job and having a boss and trying to do what they say like no, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I can't do that. So it was that less like too. it was like one is like more of a drive forward, and one of more is like a running away from like no, not that. Like I'll make something else. It's just work. it's an alternative yeah. option, you yeah. Know? Totally. Like there's a different way to do this mm-hmm. that will give me what I need in the end. But I, I think that like those skills that we learn that are even from an entrepreneurial standpoint, like they can go anywhere. Like I'm a salesperson at the end of the day. I know how to extract money from people. And like that is Mm -hmm. what I bring to the table. And I think a lot of sex workers, especially when they're, you know, in communications with companies or with whoever they're associating with, they have trouble finding or understanding their value. And like you are the ultimate sales human. Like you do this better than any other profession. You know, so I think that driving that home. Yeah, we sell things people give away for free. Exactly. (laughs) I love that saying. I get paid to do what other people beg for. So yeah, yeah, boom. Like that's amazing. I wish I had your business skills at eleven, but a lot of people, yes, they do. um, They don't recognize their value, and I think. There's such a huge, even if like, okay, so myself, I'm not a, an avid reader. I'm, I don't like going to the library being like, oh, I'm going to go look at some books. I like looking like documentaries, videos, mm-hmm. reading things, educate yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, and people out there watch even just some documentaries on businesses, how they work, some even gentle, tiny things that you can see on YouTube just to really get it in your head that you are incredibly value. Mm -hmm. Even just at the very easiest example, your traffic. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have no idea that you are multiple revenue streams for companies. You are not just one. They don't just make money off of you because you earn tips. They mm-hmm. make money off of you because you bring traffic and then they don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a proven fact that a person who will buy, like a person will buy is 300 times more likely to purchase from someone, a spokesperson, a friend, someone they trust. That's why celebrities sell stuff because you trust them. Same thing goes here. Buying traffic as a company is a crapshoot. You just purchase random stuff, hoping they're going to come to your site and like what they see. Mm -hmm. So models, when they're giving you links saying, bring your people, bring your people, you need us. They need you as a traffic source more than you ever needed them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your quality traffic, their quality, they already know they like you. They're again, that 300 times more likely to buy still applies or Mm -hmm. else they'd be a weird gray watching you unlogged in. (laughs) <laughs> That's what buying traffic is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So even simply understanding that you have that power, you are the thing that is making these profits and not just you getting naked. No, you being a personality, being mm-hmm. a business person, anyone can get naked, right? Being mm-hmm. creative about it. Like the way I see you guys being creative about it online. Perfect example. I tell all the hoes to follow both y'all, right? <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> right? Because you can see titties anywhere or penis mm-hmm. anywhere, whatever. But it's when it's that personality that comes along with it. Yeah. So that's your personality. We do that's, have nice titties though. That's true. I mean, they're, they're great. Thank you. <laughs> they're great. No one is mad at you. Okay. <laughs> no one is mad at you. But just understanding that you have that weight. You are valuable. They're getting two types of revenue from you, from the traffic you bring, the money they save. Also, they can sell you as a traffic source. They Mm -hmm. can, it's just insane. Understand that you are valuable and that's just the way it is. And Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome is real though. I've even had imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. I've absolutely had imposter syndrome when I, even at Cam 4, like, oh my God, I don't know anything. These people are going to find me out. That's normal. (laughs) Yeah, that's it's mm-hmm. not it's not nice, but it's normal. So yeah, just learn as much as you can. Understand that you're valuable, and keep listening to stuff like this. To how really do you drive think that? Home. Like, let's let's talk yeah. about imposter syndrome for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you think that you went from like having imposter syndrome to like knowing your own like worth? Like, what do you think like the the path toward that is? I think I did have some help in the beginning only again from doing makeup freelance because as a freelance artist, you still have to charge someone for something that they can wash off at the end of the day. It's not a physical product, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So having to confront that as an artist, that really did help me as a cam model when I had to do it again as a cam model because it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And I think even... So that right there, I'd gone through that twice. I am dyslexic, so I do know, like, I do know that things are harder for me. So I kind of take things on the chin a little bit easier mm-hmm. simply because I'm aware that I'm going to make mistakes and I've made them so many times that it's, yeah. you know, like I, I don't, I, yeah, I just take it on the chin a little bit easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thrive on feedback and I think it took years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it took years until I started listening more to, just the models and when they were telling me like, hey, you really helped me here. Yeah. And thinking of yourself as an artist or an ent- entertainer or a coach, honest, it's 
like, yes, actually not waiting for validation. It can yeah. be hard, but it, it stopped when I started listening to other models and them saying, I've had success with your stuff. Yeah. I've had success with your information. And then mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so I'm not an idiot. Yeah, and it took, right. it took that long, but it, yeah. it was real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great that you brought recircled back to that imposter syndrome topic because I think all entrepreneurs feel that at some level in general, inside and outside. Especially since there's like no measure. Like if you're in a company yeah. and you're like you have performance reviews and you can like move up and KPIs. you know uh, KPIs, key performance indicators. Yeah. I love that. I'm always searching for key performance indicators. But like when you're an entrepreneur, when you're uh when you're working on your own, like it's really hard to know like okay, how do I know if I'm on the right track? Like yeah. and also like in our media landscape that we're in now where there's so much like posturing, um it's really easy to believe that like you're not doing as yeah. well as like yeah. the next girl because you're measuring like what you actually know about yourself to uh -huh. what you think you know yeah. about somebody else. Um yes. that may or may not not be true, be true. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely 100 yeah. percent mm -hmm. i absolutely yeah. um <laughs> i know it is a lot hard of people to who took pictures of random stuff in their house and said yeah. they were gifts from clients you know no. so it's <laughs> i'm gonna keep my mouth zipped over here but yeah, yeah. um and i'm not even mad about it like people have no. their hustle like do what you have to do, like, and tr train your people to do, mm. treat you how you want to be treated. But like, so I'm not even saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying, if we are to look at that, not as marketing, but as like, yes. uh, indicator of like how we should be doing, Success, like yeah. we need to recognize. There's also a huge lack of professional tools for mm -hmm. our industry. We don't deserve anything less than anyone else. And if we have to talk about what people should learn from us, Look what we did by ourselves. Like we are here just being a badass, creativity, living the life that you want to and just being honest about what you want to do and what you do. And again, just persevering. The lack of resources point is so um, mm -hmm. evident in one area that kills me and it makes me so mad because it's very predatory in a sense. The is way it the assistance? No, 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 not just that. No, no. Well, we can talk Maybe about that too. Um, I was saying we have no access to our data. All of these companies yeah. are preying on our data, reselling our data, our fans' data, everything we've built on their, mm -hmm. you know, homes essentially. And we don't have access. Like I can't see how many people unlock a JY video compared to a vanilla toy video or mm -hmm. like in, not that they can necessarily distinguish between that either, but they have other data that I would love access to. What is my retention rate on a platform? How come yeah. I can't see that? I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, they may not know because some cam sites are very old and have a ton That's of true. legacy code. So they may not know. I know personally, uh, not personally, I know myself that a lot of cam sites don't have access to things like Google Analytics. They're not tracking porn. They're yeah. not doing it. So then they'll have something like a sense or they'll have something else, which failed all the time. And yeah. trying to find like, that was also part of my job when I was at CAM4 was trying to find those KPIs, like you said, those key performance indicators that models can care about. It is so easy to get lost in the weeds. Yeah, They're not providing a lot of data because again, they either, it's not at the forefront, it's not a pretty thing, and models are always demanding pretty things as opposed to data, which is much prettier than graphics yeah. in my yeah. mind. So they either don't know what to share they don't think models know how to or will use them, which is wrong. Uh, it's not a sexy project, so yeah. they're not doing it. 
And again, I just don't think that they've really identified actual the KPIs because money on its own is not. Retention rate, bounce rate, the engagement rate of my show, how long are people there? What's my return rate? How long do people, right? Mm -hmm. These things Mm -hmm. so that you can at least you know, get some kind of idea what's going on because money is volatile. And as you guys know, it is not indicative of putting on a good performance. People could just be broke. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that you've done is like train, you've done a lot of like model training. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you, what do you think, what are some of like, maybe the top three things that you tell models about like running a business? Um, Yeah, basically that. What are the top three things you tell them? The number one thing I tell everyone right off the jump is record and watch your own stuff. Watch Mm. your own things. I listen to whenever I'm on a podcast, I'm sure you guys have listened to your own shows. Yeah. You have to listen to your own stuff. Watch your own shows. Watch your own videos. You need to identify what you're doing right so you can expand on that. Yeah. Because you can't ask people for money if you haven't seen your own product. So if you Mm want to know what tippers see, you got to watch it and then you can expand on it. And I would say that's number one. Which is actually hard for a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to watch their own, especially like our work, like your own bodies. Like then you become vain because you're like, I'm sexy. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I did. (laughs) It is a hard ask. Even when I look back at old cam videos, I'm like, oh, cringe. My eyebrows are so bad. (laughs) Yeah. But you're right. You have to. You have to. You don't have to all the time, but you have to a little bit like every once in a while. So I recommend... Anytime you're feeling frustrated, like if you're starting to feel frustrated with why am I not getting this? Why, 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 why? Put yourself in the seat of your viewer, your tipper, your fan. See what they see. Same thing with your social media. Same thing with what you're doing. Would you ask yourself always, would I follow this person? Mm -hmm. Is this interesting to me? Mm -hmm. Would I tip this person? Do I trust this person? Yeah. So something I always recommend, regardless of what facet of adult work you're in, there's something I like to call tipper trust. Tipper trust is simply that you make yourself known, you are consistent, you show respect to people's money by not just treating them like a human ATM, but at the same time, you tell them when you're here and you're online. So if you are running away back and forth everywhere, people aren't going to tip you. If you don't follow up with people, if you're not like, oh, hi, talking to them back, they don't think you're real. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not going to tip you because people, uh, no one wants to part with their hard-earned money and no one wants to throw their money down a trash basket. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people sitting at home, the internet can look like a big trash basket if if you're not careful. (laughs) It can. So creating that tipper trust, saying hi to them, following up with them, saying thank you, And the third thing I would say would be uh, upselling. So next time someone is after a private show, you know what? I think you're really like this video I have of my feet because I can tell how much you like them in here. You -hmm. should go and check this out. Go and check this out. Recommend your other channels. You know what? If you really like this, you should check on my fan club. I do this for my fan club. I really, I'm inviting you. I think that'd be great. Upsell your people. Just like they taught us all in retail. Mm-hmm. Use that shit. Same <laughs> crap applies. Mm-hmm. Upsell. Yeah. So um, where can people find you? NikkiKnight.com. You can find me at NikkiKnight.com. Uh, everything I have is there. I'm going to put up this interview because it's awesome. Yay! Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Nikki underscore Knight. But uh, yeah. 
great. Come shit post at me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's always yeah. fun to talk to you. Thanks for I love you on. guys. This is an awesome show and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank, Thank you. you. Who misses free and affordable ads without the anti-sex work rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising to the sex work community. They also give back to organizations based in harm reduction, sex work, and education. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their platform, Trist.link, is a refreshing and well-needed change in both presentation and mission. It is free to join and open to all. In the words of an A4 user, from the policies to the language, to the advice and tips, it makes such a big difference to feel encouraged and supported instead of policed. Noah Benzie has been in the adult industry as an entertainer, creator, and mentor for almost nine years. She runs the YouTube channel Secret Life of a Cam Girl, where she gives industry insight and tips to those who want to successfully navigate this crazy industry. Hi, Noah Benzi. Welcome to On the Horizon. Hi. Hi. We're happy to have you. Yes. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work? Of course. Um, my name is Noah Benzi. I've been in the industry for almost eight years now. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Secret Life of a Cam Girl. I've done a lot of mentoring and speaking on behalf of content creation and business and just starting out. I help a lot of new people entering the industry as well, which I absolutely love. And um, yeah, that's a little bit of what I do. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How did you get into the kind of like mentoring and coaching that you do? Um, well, funny story. Okay, so I started like right when I was 18. Um, and it was before with contacts, I have autism. And I got mm. diagnosed with autism when I was 21. And it was before um, I knew I had autism. So I was entering this industry that is very, a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, with really no help, I had one other friend I knew from another friend of my high school that was a, a cam model at the time. And I was kind of following her, but I felt very, like my questions I have when you're autistic, you're, you pick everything apart for the most part. And you need to really know like, what's going on. Like I even found reading transcripts of people's conversations are sometimes helpful for me. Like I don't know always how to like have conversations and stuff. So this was so new to me at the time and I really didn't have any help. And every time I reached out to somebody, they were kind of mean at the time and they were mm -hmm. like really gatekeepy. I had a few girls being like, when you have more followers, come back and talk to me. And I'm just like, whoa. And I like was not used to that. So I did it on my own and I did all the research on my own and I just watched hours and hours of girls and videos and all these different things. And then about like mm, six months into it, I was just like, why is there not a YouTube channel that yeah. exists? Because I was watching YouTube just on, like, streaming, like, Twitch streamers and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why is there not a YouTube one that exists just for, like, cam models and stuff? And that's kind of how that came about. <laughs> but, like, yeah. That's awesome. cool. Yeah. There was, um, because we kind of got into the camming kind of industry at, around the same time period, there was so much gatekeeping. And I find, like, oh, yeah. in business, that's that still happens a lot. I feel like, mm. do you think the industry has gotten better about that since you got involved or more I feel like yes in a sense because especially right now especially after the panorama um it yeah. is very uh oversaturated so people are way more 
I don't know, common girl next door down to earth sharing information kind of thing. But I will say there's always this in business, in any industry, really in general, like this scarcity that's always yeah. Just like, yeah. up. like you really just you, you, you hold on to everything, every little bit of information you think that's going to get you a leg up. And in reality, it's, it's really not. And gatekeeping is yeah. not going to do anything. I'm not you. You're not me. I can yeah. do the exact same thing as you and make no money so like you know what I mean like it's one of those things where it's like there's no point in gatekeeping like I totally agree with that I think that there's the the like there's plenty of like there's plenty of consumers there's like plenty of people who are into all kinds of things not just like one particular thing and I feel like when we start to be afraid that like we're gonna lose everything and that we're not going to be able to like maintain our business then actually like things start to get worse because we're not being like yeah absolutely um, we're not yeah we're we're not working to like uh build community and to do the things that and would improve, like sustain yeah. us in this business. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We, so with the topic of being a sex worker and, and now knowing how you got involved and how, how you got into educating, like what is like a set of skills or maybe a few like things out of your toolkit from sex work mm-hmm. that you really could apply to anyone getting into business or entrepreneurship? Okay, so I thought really hard about this and there's a few <laughs> things that I was like kind of wanting to touch upon as far as like, like, oh, be careful of burnout and stuff. But that's we hear that a lot. And Mm -hmm. I came up with that. I really feel like in a profession that you yourself is becoming commodified to be like successful, you really have to be introspective with who Mm. you are and which in turn makes you really like deep dive into like what you truly are and what you truly like and and all the amazing things you can offer to this world as far as you and that's like it's mm-hmm. such an amazing moment I mean every time I mentor a new girl as far as like yes I'll introduce them to the sites and I'll tell them how to make a tip chart and I'll whatever right it's not gonna set up their room or cameras to use but when we go deeper into it it really comes down to okay now let's talk about you what what what's mm-hmm. who are you like what do you mm-hmm. like what is I don't know, like what what makes you tick. And Mm -hmm. when you do that self-reflection, you you discover your worth and the Mm. price on it is subjective. What you end up charging for whatever you do, that that has nothing to do with that. But again, like your worth as far as what you can bring to the table and how far you can expand it. Because it's not just about obviously like streaming and being online. If it was that Mm -hmm. easy, literally everyone would do it. You know what I mean? So it's honestly... And it's also honestly why I believe so many sex workers that do figure this out are so like collectively strong because like, I mean, some, I feel like when you see people joke about us, like on TikTok and stuff, they, a lot of times they'll label our strength as like a narcissism or like some weird type of like, oh, they're full of themselves. Like they all think they're queens. Like they all think they're just worth all this money. And like, it's not like the amount of like, I don't know how to explain it. Like. It's, it's, it's not narcissism. It's the fact that I've done so much self-work and yeah. figured myself out on such a level that I never, ever dove into before, along with, like, therapy and stuff over the years. That's sure, a whole other yeah. thing. You know what I mean? That, yeah. like, yeah, no, I'm just you, – you can't, you can't shake me. Like, and yeah. I, will, <laughs> I will fight to protect 
that in myself and in any person that I help in the industry because that is just yeah. so 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 important like I think that's such an interesting answer and like I really appreciate that because <laughs> you know we've one of the things that we've been talking about like throughout these interviews have been like how do we um how do we keep ourselves going in this like industry where um where we are like commodified mm-hmm. where we are giving mm-hmm. out like tons of emotional labor where we are like um kind of cannibalizing our experiences to keep up our like um yeah. social media and the machine of our business and so um you know it's it's i think it's harder to do that if you're not doing that from like a place of like self awareness knowledge yeah that's true branding like you are the commodity yeah. and you need to figure out like what in your business your vessel yourself is like what what is important and like what is a little bit di- and it doesn't have to be so different you don't have to have like some crazy like off the like i don't know like you're i'm into wearing bugs or something i don't know does it have to be like <laughs> insane but like um like for example like uh i i like singing right but mm-hmm. like singing isn't like I don't sit on live streams and sing. My my best friend's a professional singer, but I'm not a professional singer. I just like singing. It's fun. I sing. Yeah. But um, it's something that my fans know me for doing. And it's mm-hmm. something that I feel like they feel a comfort in. And like me being open with like, I might not be the best singer, but me being open with like that side of like something I enjoy doing has made me have fans that are in the music industry that just like listening mm. to my playlist with me. I've cultivated playlists of like, like hours and hours and hours of music with my fans. And like, I honestly feel like when you want to have longevity in this industry, you mm-hmm. have to really bring like comfort to the table. I don't know. Is that sound yeah. weird? Like you have to bring like your fans. I want my fans to be like, hey, I had a really stressful day. They might not even be horny. Let's say they're, they're not they're not horny at all. They just they, okay. they, were, they were just with their girlfriend or something. They're good. But like they came <laughs> home from work and they're stressed and they're all mm-hmm. bored. And you know what? I'm sitting on a stream dressed in my dinosaur mask singing Christina Aguilera. And that just made their day. And I just made $20. Like that's really yeah. like that is the joy of my job. And that's why I feel like I've been able to stick around so long. And that's why mm-hmm. I've made like what I try to emphasize to like people that I, I help in this industry as well. Like just yeah. Yeah, be comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things you hit on that. I want to circle back to So like the one that you touch on about this idea that anyone in the public eye as a creator essentially is like, has some kind of obsession with themselves or that these narcissistic qualities. Like, I don't, that is such an unfair accusation. One, because like as someone who I do have, experience with true narcissists like that's offensive right but two (laughs) but because like i am Mm -hmm. a a a woman or whatever for whatever reason i have been objectified my whole life ever Mm -hmm. since i hit puberty and probably before Mm -hmm. and so like why why is it wrong for me to take ownership over my own agency and put a price tag on it when you're doing it regardless if i consent to it or not so like Mm -hmm. that whole narcissism argument irritates me to no end because it's like no i'm getting objectified whether i agree to it so don't get mad that i'm putting a price tag on it like that's Mm -hmm. not okay and objectified is probably the wrong word because obviously no I like that you said that because I had someone ask me in an interview a couple of years ago when I was kind of explaining something similar, but not the same thing. Um, Oh, really? Like, okay, then what's the difference between being objectified and commodifying yourself? And I don't really Mm -hmm. like this is my personal definition. I'm not, 
anyway, a scholar of uh, by any means. But I looked at it as like when you're objectifying something or when you're objectifying yourself, you're viewing yourself from an outside point of view in the sense of like what society puts on you. So in our industry, it would be like the male gaze. Right. Yeah. So if you were literally just and I mean, some girls do, but like if you were literally just embodying the male gaze. That mm-hmm. would be more on like the objectifying kind of side of it. Like you kind of are objectifying yourself because that's what that is. But commodifying yourself is different because, like I said, that's where you go into more of like the introspection of it all. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what makes you tick? What makes you different? What do you like? You know what I mean? Like yeah. what not what they like. What do you like? What do you what what fetishes do you think are funny and weird and that you want to experiment with? Or like, what do you want to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then that's 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 the difference between those two things you know what I mean like all of these like you have all these people looking at us like oh yeah these girls are objectifying themselves and like they and I'm like no I'm not I'm I'm me I might be pretty I might look like what society looks at as like a pretty girl on the internet maybe like oh, my boobs are pushed up or something I don't know whatever right mm-hmm. but like that's something that I want to do and like if I want I, I've literally worn turtlenecks on cam before like you yeah. know what I mean it's literally anything you want to do i have girls come to me all the time that are like do i have to do this or do i have to like get naked or like do i have to like they're like they say all these have to's and i'm like no you just literally do whatever you want and then the people that don't agree with it and block them (laughs) yeah i think really the like the bigger picture is like the clarity of brand. Like mm-hmm. when you're asking like these introspective questions, it's like, yeah, you're getting to know yourself and all of those pieces, but really you're clarifying what your brand is going to be, look like, feel like, mm-hmm. sound like, look like, all of those kind of questions and how they fall in line with who you are, who your persona mm-hmm. is going to be. And I think that's what makes um, Cam so great. that special niche of sex work is that you really do clarify your brand whether you like it or not because like I was just gonna say if you don't clarify it it'll get put on you people will do it for you and they'll Mm -hmm. tell you what your brand is exactly I think that that's also really interesting there's power in just that and controlling your own narrative like when I went into sex work I leaned in really heavy obviously to like redhead because like that's its own little niche Mm -hmm. but like also now I do gaming I want to get into cosplay so those are other like areas that I can add to my brand that'll make me separate and stand out and what have you but like some of that is yeah it's just an appearance thing it's a lot of that is also like what I'm interested in like what I want and enjoy to do you know and that's all aside from sex acts or sexuality Mm -hmm. entirely nothing is wrong with like when you're first starting out to just be like hey I don't really know what this is all about yet I don't know what I like yet I'm just gonna be a brown Hispanic girl and just sit there and be like what's up like you know what I mean nothing's (laughs) wrong with like doing that it's just again it's like if you really really want the longevity and like the fans and like the following like I've had fans that have followed me since the beginning that they're still in my shows almost every day like you know what I mean if you want that yeah you really have to do that like that digging and it's a beautiful thing it can be scary but it's a beautiful thing (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so aside from introspectiveness what's another thing that you think really the entrepreneurial mindset that you've learned skill-wise from sex work that translates outside of it um I think there's this whole culture um if you look up like business like advice and stuff on like tiktok or whatever there's this whole culture of like kind of almost like throwing out your net and then seeing what you can catch but it never dials it deeper in the sense of okay yes throw out your net see what you're good at see what you can catch see what sites you take off on but then that pulling back yeah and i feel like a lot of um people have issues when especially when they're doing their own businesses where 
they spread themselves way too, way, way too thin. And I've done mm-hmm. it before. I almost quit a couple of years ago because I was like frazzled. Like I just like I couldn't anymore. There was just so much social media. There's so many things. I like I had yeah. an assistant. And my assistant wasn't doing enough, and everything was just like insane. And I was like, yeah. I'm done with this industry. Like I just like I couldn't. But it was it was my doing because again, I didn't. I didn't pull back. I didn't really yeah. like, again, or almost like introspective again, or I didn't start looking at like the, all right, what's, what's bringing me joy? What's bringing me money? What do I need to work on? What maybe am I not doing the best on, but I want to do better at like mm-hmm. when I started breaking down, I literally made like a little uh, Google doc when I started breaking down, like all of the sites that I was on and how much money they were bringing me and all the different things like that. I was able to like nix out things that weren't bringing like benefiting me anymore, which brought a lot of like, <sighs> like, you know, I was like, and that really, really helped with like my burnout, especially because again, yeah. um, being an autistic adult, like we, we get burned out way more because we get overstimulated like by a lot of things. Yeah. Like, I get overstimulated by my ring light sometimes, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm already dealing with that. I don't need to add, yeah that extra but I feel like that literally goes with like anyone in any business in any field like if you're starting to feel super burnt out before you freak out and quit and <laughs> run yeah, off into the mountains like, <laughs> sit I'm there sure. and really just think about like like what are the things going on in your life like list them out and then figure out like what's serving you and yeah. yeah, that's great advice. I've like I've I'm spread thin in general, which is current a current situation. I mean, well. yeah, I'm still spread thin. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's it's gonna be a factor to an extent, but like I've definitely dialed back. I dialed back like many events, for example. I scaled that back. I don't really update there anymore, and I've narrowed like the venues on which you can see my content, which has helped yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. But I also found that like in terms of when I'm like talking to companies or like trying to negotiate contracts for stuff that some things, some platforms that we are updating as creators, like aren't as valuable to us, whereas they're more valuable to the platform. Like, for example, one of the big ones that comes to mind, because this was literally the topic of the conversation was Pornhub. A Mm. company didn't want to bring me on because my Pornhub viewership wasn't high. And I was like, well, you're basing off my value off of what people aren't willing to pay for versus what I pull on OnlyFans and what I can extract from a a user. So like that is not a fair valuation of Mm -hmm. what I'm bringing to the table. And like putting it that way really made them think and they're introspective enough to like really change their views on that and do things differently. But I find that it's interesting what we put time into because like Pornhub for me is not a good return on my time. Like it's giving away stuff for free and not free. We get paid per stream, sure. But it's not like not no one's out there making YouTube revenue off of Pornhub. Like it's a lot. Yeah. less money it's I don't know, maybe a hundred bucks a month if that for all those videos no because you're, you're literally getting ads like yeah. about exactly. it. so i think there, there's a difference in just the platforms yeah. and the value they bring you as a as a business person in sex work as well and i'm sure that translates outside of sex work too like make sure mm-hmm. you're spending your time and efforts in meaningful places with a good roi yeah so um where can people find you yes um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm very like active on Twitter, which is Noah Bensi SFW, though it is not SFW. I lost <laughs> my original Twitter, so oh, no. <laughs> it used to be my safer work Twitter. It is not anymore. But yeah, Noah Bensi SFW. I'm also Perfect. Baby Bunny Bensi on Instagram and then TikTok. I am Tiny Spicy Potato. all right well thank you it was very fun to chat with you thanks so much i enjoyed it thank you for having me 
Today's episode is sponsored by ePlay, an adult live streaming platform creating an online ecosystem for creators to engage with their fans that's easy, exciting, and empowering. At ePlay, you earn 80% of revenue on everything from live streaming to private messages with your fans to your sub-club membership fan site. ePlay even allows you to earn money while you sleep with offline tips. Do what makes you excited, take control of your business, content, voice, and freedom. As a creator, consider joining ePlay today. Laura Savage is a writer, sex worker, and coach. All right. Welcome, Laura, to the (laughs) podcast. I'm incredibly excited for many reasons to speak with you today, especially on the topics that we have planned, um, because you are the CEO of sex and I'm sex work CEO and there's a lot of overlap. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we can we can get into that in a minute. Do you want to just kind of introduce yourself for people who are watching who might be less familiar? Sure. Absolutely. I'm Laura Savage. I am a writer, a sex worker, and I also coach sex workers. And that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So how did you get into sex work and into sex work coaching? Well, I got into sex work out of necessity, like many of us. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a survival worker. Um, The bulk of my experience is in full service. So um, and then I got into coaching because (laughs) I had... A year ago, December, I had a breakup with a man who I was very much in love with. Mm-hmm. I got stoned and started an alt account on New Year's. <laughs> like you <I> do. do. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, shortly into that, I started talking shop because I love our business and mm-hmm. I tips. And people just started approaching me and said, Hey, can do you do coaching? And I said, Yeah. I Wait, do. was Laura Savage your alt account? Yes. That became, <laughs> wow. yeah. It used to be a picture of my sweet dog. Um, that would, I, I started it just to sort of go feral. <laughs> about everything. Um, um, and then started talking about work because I love work and Capricorn yeah. um, things. So once <laughs> I, you know, people started approaching me and saying, Hey, do you do coaching? I was like, yeah. They said, how much do you charge? I said, make a donation. Cause I didn't really know, first of all, if my personal processes were going to work for um, everybody. And I don't feel comfortable charging like, you know, a flat rate. Cause you know, everybody comes from different circumstances. So, Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that one thing led to another and that's what I spent the bulk of 2021 doing. Incredible. Yeah. So this season, what we're doing is we are talking about what sex workers can teach people outside of sex work Mm -hmm. are basically the idea is that like sex workers have a lot of expertise. And so what we want to talk to you today about and what the episode that you're on is about is uh, business and entrepreneurship, starting a business. What do you feel like you, so you say you got into sex work out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you feel like you learned about business from like going into sex work that you didn't know before you got in? Well, I feel like the ideas around sort of girl boss culture, start your business, have a perfect Instagram feed, only tell about 10% of the story of what business is really like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel that when, you know, there, there is a lot of, of completely unsexy work that goes on in sex work. It's really not that different from what we would call civilian business. Mm-hmm. Uh, admin emails yeah 
working with clients, um, keeping all of the plates spinning. So I feel that what going into sex work did for me was de-glamorize sex work. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, I thought I was going to be having sex, but really I'm just doing work most of the time. <laughs> right, right. I love that you bring that up because I think that's so like the story not told, like kind of what you're mentioning, because even even the idea of like girl boss culture, it, a lot of that is a disservice in some ways, because like while I'm running, you know, multiple businesses personally, most of what I'm doing is sitting on my iPad on the couch or in my office for nine hours a day, trying to make revenue and trying yeah. split testing. If I have my price at this protects, or if I have this, at this cost, yeah. what's going to work mm-hmm. and what, how many unlocks will this get? If I price it different or use this caption. And I think that some of the skills that we acquire through sex work, whether it be full service or digital really transfer over into any business or sales position anywhere. Do you think that like what skills stand out to you that you learned getting into sex work in like your personal experience have been skills that you could literally walk away and take anywhere? Oh, it's gotta be social media marketing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, like learning how to be a, a public figure on social media without cannibalizing your personal life. Yeah. You know, maintaining that boundary, um, you know, it, tweeting and posting for engagement. These are things that can transfer to any, mm-hmm. like literally any field if you yeah. want to. I think it's so interesting that you say that because I feel like, you know, I've been in sex work for about the same time as you about eight years, I think. And I feel like there was a period of time, especially as I was like building my account that I did feel like I was kind of cannibalizing my personal life in order to like feed the Jesse Sage machine. And um, that I don't feel that way anymore. Cause I think I figured out how to like recognize that as like a brand thing um, and also kind of detach from it a little bit, you know, and that took some, that took some time to learn, like, this is my job. Like, my social media is part of my job. It's funny too, because like we had a friend come over recently and she asked something about a cat and I was like, what? And I had no idea what she was talking about. And I realized I had tweeted about it, but like, I've gotten so used to like turning it off. Yeah. That I like, didn't remember that I like tweeted about something, you know, the day before, (laughs) which isn't to say that like, I don't know what I tweet, but like, there's, there's a way in which like we learn to detach from all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also learn to give the social media tribe what they want. Like my people yeah. love to tweet about how like pathetically horny and aggressively single I am. <laughs> I and love that. that. I have to say yeah. as somebody who follows you. Yeah, it's like, it's I loved your like right. silver fox <laughs> fantasy about yes. the horse. I was like, I love lumberjacks. I'm into, lumber it. I'm into uh, it. Yeah. If you have a beard, hit me up. Um, <laughs> But it's sort of like, and, you know, obviously I'm a lot more than just that in my real life, but going on there and just telling it like it is and sort of, of allowing my real life to, to leak into that. It doesn't, it doesn't, it is marketing. I'll just put it that way. Like you have to keep in mind how we present. And that's something that any solopreneur or business owner can, can take from sex workers. I've never heard that word before. That's Solopreneur. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard that either. I, I want to just, do you have any words of it? Because I'm someone that 
uh, my work definitely cannibalizes my life in general. Um, <laughs> but I also, a lot of my personal identity is wrapped up in being mm-hmm. a business person and, and in being an entrepreneur. So I don't feel like I have a lot of separation between where it stops and where it starts just be. And I don't, not that that's healthy. I don't advise this. This is not business <laughs> advice for people watching. Um, but my question is like, is are there things you put in place? Are there like fail safes that you have so that that doesn't happen? Because I could use some. It's going to be a little bit of do as I say, not as I do, because I love, yeah. like I too am identified by mm-hmm. I like it, like I could easily, I'm working with a coach now and she's like, you're a workaholic. And I'm like, yeah. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, but it's sort of a matter of what I have to do is figure out what my highest priorities are. So it's mm-hmm. getting down to why do I work so hard for me? It's going to be for my kids. Like mm-hmm. I'm not in this business to like, and no shame to anybody who is, I'm not about to start this fucking debate about, you know, red bottoms and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not where I'm coming from, but like, that's yeah. just not my motivation. And it's not an appropriate goal for this point in my life. Yeah. So when I get down to brass tacks about why I work so hard, it's going to be for my family, which means autumn, you know, ultimately my family is my highest priority, whether it's because I work or whether it's setting aside time to hold a sacred to spend with my family. Um, I need to keep those priorities in mind. Mm -hmm. But as far as like, I mean, there is a bit of that sort of, especially the social media piece, allowing it to cannibalize our life because like there's a dopamine response with someplace like Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I'll tweet a thing and then I'll go back five minutes later. How many likes is this getting? Who loves yeah. me? Today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, only everybody eight- does that. Yeah. Why? What's wrong with you guys? This is a good yeah. joke. But when we sort of like learning to set it aside, that's, and none of us are perfect. That's just like yeah. all what, what we can do and, yeah. and leaving part of it sacred and outside of the public eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good advice. I think too, something that I've just started doing this recently, but now that like I have an iPhone and it has all of these like settings about, you know, do not disturb or it's sleep time or like the wind down or whatever. It has all these things. So like my phone will mute that side of my business, even uh, though I don't necessarily do it. And I didn't think it would work because I thought I'd still go for it and touch it. But because I'm not getting notified, I actually yeah. look at it less and I get to bed on a reasonable time. And like it does, it helps. It really does. Uh, you're a stronger person than me. My thing is like time for wind down. I'm like, bitch, you thought. Like, <laughs> turn that off immediately. Okay. It's like the lullaby music. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no settings. I noticed this because my son's iPad died. So like he needs an iPad. He'll be like, iPad? iPad, iPad. And um, <laughs> he, so I was giving him my phone so he could watch his like Sesame Street things on my phone. But I didn't even think about how many notifications I get until I'm watching him on my phone and he's like, oh, swiping them away. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, yeah, from all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I would love to talk a little bit about your TFE classes. Can you explain to people tuning in kind of what you do in, in terms of courses and consulting? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I do have the course, the GFE course that's currently running now. 
Um, what it is, is it's basically a 12 week course. The classes are three ish hours long each. Um, they're held over zoom. We cover everything that I can think of that would help people make money. Um, Mm -hmm. starting out with the basics of learning how to advertise, figuring out a rate structure that works for you, being good at the in-person experience, moving on to branding. And then in later weeks, we sort of get into things that might not be necessary for everybody, but are good to know and have in your back pocket. Things like mindset work, things like time management, Mm -hmm. content creation, um, my personal white whale, which is being a professional fancy person. Like how do you (laughs) cosplay Mm -hmm. luxury when you come from less than no money? So it, it's been a really fascinating experience, even just to get it all on paper and, and sort of express it to people because it's what I took myself through, although it was much longer than 12 weeks Mm -hmm. to help me be successful in my business. What do you think are some of the things that have made you successful in your business? Okay. Do you want like the good answer? Do you want the truth? The truth. (laughs) This had to work. Like this is, this is what it is. Like I didn't have another option. It was like, this has to work. And I made it work and made a lot of mistakes. And every time I made a mistake, every time I had a slow season, every time I had an upsetting interaction with a client, every time I felt like quitting, I was like, no, we have to keep going. This has to work. There's a lot of power in that sort of do it or die trying mindset. And I, and again, I, it's kind of like you were saying, Melrose, like, I don't recommend this as something people should strive for, yeah. Like put yourself in such a shitty situation that you have to do this or else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of power in being fully committed. Yeah. Like, yeah. See that that's hard because even like that conversation and that piece alone, and that's kind of where I come from. Like I'm not someone who, and again, not great advice, but like, I never have a plan B I have the plan and <laughs> I don't deviate from the plan. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that almost circles to that whole conversation about entrepreneurs in general, where you have like this uprising in the social culture around entrepreneurship, where it's like, you're a boss and you do this and you work 24 hours a day and there's no breaks and there's no days off. And it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be this empowering thing when really it's like the societal, I don't know, like draining of a human. Like it's not the way it probably should be, but it's the way we're set up as a society, at least in this country um, around capitalism and all these pieces. But I know I'm in, I've been actually thinking about this so much. And I tweeted about this yesterday that like, I felt that for a long time and I'm right now at the point of my, of my career and of my life. And maybe because I have a complicated life where I feel like actually I don't just want to produce everything that I could possibly produce in life. I would rather figure out how to make the money that I need to make and then also have a life, you know, and Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out how to do that without it, like being this like, go, 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 because I don't know, maybe I'm getting old. No, I think that's a stage (laughs) thing. Like that's, I can't can't do it anymore. I'm like, I want to take a nap. I don't, I don't know if I want to like be the boss of the world. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think that's a stage thing, at least in my experience. And I'm wondering if that's the same for you as like, because when I was in my younger years in sex work, it was about, status a little bit. It was about getting those things I was never able to have growing up and about Mm -hmm. having a secure place to live because that was not my reality. And it was Mm -hmm. about checking these things off the list until it got to luxury items to check that off too. Cause I like, I work hard. I want that, you know, Mm -hmm. but now I'm in a place where it's like, I want to work hard to 
not work. Like, so now things are pivoting. Do you Mm -hmm. find that like that kind of is kind of the, I guess, arc of an entrepreneur? Like you can, you can be this and it can evolve to that depending where you're at. I totally agree with that. And I can resonate with what both of you are saying, because as far as what you're saying, Melrose, like I was there where I was like, let's check these things off. It's like complete the hierarchy of needs. Like I need Mm -hmm. stability. I need a little Mm -hmm. fun. And like, yeah, I wanted like some degree of fame when I was younger. I was like, I want people to know who I don't want shit to know who I am now. Like, (laughs) I I, I don't want anybody to know who I am or where I am. But um, it's sort of, I was talking with somebody about this earlier last week saying like, I'm, I'm curious about what's going to a make me most effective. Mm-hmm. Like, is it working all the time? Maybe during certain seasons, mm-hmm. or maybe it's learning to get eight hours of sleep, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. it's taking time off to recharge or let that creative brain sort of run during time off. So you can hit it again the next day yeah. um, with a new perspective, or is it, you know, because I'm interested in what's going to get me results, not sort of Sisyphus pushing that is it? Sisyphus yeah, yeah, pushing the rock the stone, stone. Yeah. yeah, like up the hill just yeah. for the hell of it of pushing yeah, the right. stone up the hill to prove what to whom. Right. Also, now that I am older, like I, I also want to work to not work. Like mm-hmm. I said to my friend the other day, I was like, I'm prepared to hustle hard for three years, just so on the fourth year I can work forty percent less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and put my focus on other goals because I'll yeah. never stop being a goal oriented person, yeah. but yeah, me too. Yeah. They're not always going to be benchmarks about career. Well, probably that's a lie about sort of like, <laughs> I was going to okay, play. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. Like really they'll always be about career. It's just going to shift slightly yeah. probably as opposed to trying to meet a goal that maybe somebody else set for me, not one I set for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was really great to talk to you. Where could people find you and your stuff? Yes. Um, right now I'm just on Twitter is at that Laura Savage. Come hang out. I tweet about being desperately horny. And <laughs> I love it so much. That's my brand. <laughs> it's it's what tests well in focus groups. That's all yeah. I can say. So. That's phenomenal. Oh man. All well, right. This was amazing. It's so good to meet you. I'd love to link up in general and see what else we could, you know, work together. Huh? Great. Yeah. I would love that. Thank you so much. Have a yeah. wonderful weekend. You guys take care. You Thank you. Well. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On the Horizon, a podcast about what's on the horizon for sex workers and how to navigate it. I'm Jesse Sage, and you can find me on Twitter at sapiotextual and at jessiesage.com. And I'm Melrose Michaels, and you can find me at Melrose Michaels on social and melrosemichaels.com. Just a reminder, if you are enjoying the podcast on Apple, please leave us a five-star rating and review because it really helps us to grow as a podcast and better share information from our guests to the sex work community as a whole. Last but not least, if you want to support the podcast, please go to anchor.fm forward slash horizon, spelled W-H-O-R-I-Z-O-N, to become a premium subscriber of On the Horizon, which unlocks two bonus episodes on the 8th and 22nd of each month with tons of extra exclusive footage from ourselves and our guests.